This is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gilly, and joining us as always from our studio in Los Angeles, it's Luke, Coach Walton. What up, Coach? What up, Jay Gill? Uh, what up is that we're still the reigning NBA champions. That's what's up. That's right. That's right. I mean, look, it was a short, it's a short off season, yep. so we don't have as much time to revel in it. So that, that's why we play all these games. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta make sure no one forgets. Oh no. Yeah, we gotta defend. We gotta defend our championship. <laughs> Look, man, our our listeners obviously can't see me right now, okay? But I have the championship shirt on. I have the the copy of the Los Angeles Times from the day after the championship right oh, in front yeah. of me. Oh yeah. And right above me, I have the the championship hat, uh, as well as the two twenty four eight shirt I got from the. The Warriors game, the first game back after after obviously the Kobe tragedy. Yep. I'm surrounded by it right now, man. We can't forget about last season oh, no. and, and everything it meant. And, you know, again, it's like that's why we play these games is to win these championships. So just got to keep basking in it. And so for our listeners, what I what I think we should do with this with this show is look forward and look back at the same time. You know, we're going to talk about some of these new free agents that we're super excited about. Obviously, we're really excited to get back to basketball, which is like right around the corner. Kind of crazy. Yeah, less than a month away. <laughs> but so there's a lot to be excited about looking forward. But then we also we want to send off our, our guys that are forever Lakers. Now you win a chip in this city and you're 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 inducted, in my opinion, to Laker, the Laker pantheon. Um, so, yeah, we want to send off and give our give our guys that contributed a fond farewell and also look look ahead to some of these exciting free agency signings. Some of the guys that we kept too, we're running it back in part. And I, I, I honestly think this this team is going to be better. Um, so, yeah, man, are you you down to do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, look, uh, I, th- I think you're totally right. I think, uh, you know, we should we should we should, like you said, think back and think forward. So, mm-hmm. um how about this? What is maybe just just before we kind of get into the new stuff and the exciting stuff? Yeah. What's maybe like one kind of lingering memory you have of of the championship or last season that wasn't like the kind of high point that we like, you know, we're immediately thinking about mm-hmm. uh, the last time we did one of these, but that like in retrospect is just fun or you kind of think is cool. Um, there's so many, I mean, just even like the little thing of uh, Kuz hitting that one game winner in a game that didn't even matter in the bubble. But it gave us like that little spring in our step of confidence going into the playoffs or um, the picture of Rondo's kid chugging champagne while Rondo's sitting on the court, just reveling in the championship. Uh, there's just so many fun little or like all of the hate and and uh, skepticism that Coach Vogel got before the beginning of the year. Yeah, just, yeah. There, there are just so many amazing storylines from Dwight Howard being like one of the most hated people in L.A. to one of the most. Uh, loved and then now in this <laughs> the most bizarre exit as well um which we'll get into a little bit um uh, i don't know there's just there's just so much what about you what about you john what what kind of stands out that aren't the main like highlights that people normally talk about you know the one that's really been sticking with me and uh, and i think it's hilarious given its parallelism to, to another player is the fact that our championship season ended with Dwight Howard sinking a three. Yes. <laughs> totally. Like, like that to me is such a beautiful encapsulation of, of last season in yep. that, like everything kind of broke our way uh-huh. when it met, when it mattered. Yeah. We, we certainly had some early challenges, right? We obviously didn't sign Kawhi. 
There yep. was, like you said, all the skepticism around the coaching. There was the uh, geopolitical crisis in China. <laughs> yes, yes, and and a global <laughs> pandemic and boogie uh, uh, boogie being out for the season early, right? Like plenty uh, of stuff went against us. Mm-hmm. But when it really mattered, everything kind of broke our way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what what I'm feeling a lot right now is is sentimentality for past seasons that went differently, that broke differently, right? And yeah. I think it's hard to think about for me Dwight hitting that three and not think about Andrew Bynum in his like last game as a Laker mm-hmm. sinking a three as time expired and yelling YOLO <laughs> on the, I think the Mike Brown season, right? Yeah, exactly. And what different places this franchise is in, you know, then and, and now when those eerily similar moments took place. Um, and, and, you know, the, the other one, honestly, you talk about all these guys being inducted as Lakers for life. I got one more Laker for life for you, and that is William Rondo. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that dude will, Rondo's brother will go down forever as a legend in, in yeah. you know, the Laker pantheon. So, oh, yeah, getting in guys' heads, getting ejected. <laughs> yeah, man, he, he, he messed up Russ for, for a quarter. That was great. He played his part. So many bizarre, just bizarre moments this whole year. It's yeah, it's one that's gonna. I feel like we'll have to unpack and we'll talk about for the you know years to come of just like oh, remember when that happened? <laughs> just like there are so many little microcosms. Um, like, do you remember when the Lakers like peaked and beat the Celtics and and Bucks and were just on a tear, and then the entire season got shut down because Rudy Gobert coughed on every microphone and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I think the other one that's going to be crazy is when we look back on it and say, remember how, like, no Laker won any single, like, individual achievement award this yeah. season? <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> um, Ridiculous. Okay, so what I'd like to do now is do a really quick round of in or out. Literally just the word in or out because I want to talk about all these guys, but yeah. I kind of want to prove a point. So right. I think I think you know what I'm going with this. I think I do. Uh, so, Luke, in or out, the Lakers trading Danny Green – and the 28th pick for Dennis Schroeder, a.k.a. the Big Ooh. <laughs> in. I thought there was going to be more. In. Nope, that's it. In. Uh, Luke, uh, Lakers acquiring Wes Matthews. In. Uh, Luke, Lakers acquiring Montrez Harrell. In. Uh, Luke, uh, the Lakers essentially trading JaVale uh, for Marcus All. In. <laughs> One of those guys can play in the playoffs. Sorry. Uh, Luke, the Lakers <laughs> re-signing Contavious Caldwell-Pope. In. Uh, and Luke, hot off the presses, literally minutes before this podcast was recorded, uh, Lakers re-signing Markeith Morris. So in. I don't know how we did it. Like, what? what is this guy getting paid? But yeah, in. It's a, it's a, vet, it's a vet minimum. It's a vet it's minimum. It's crazy. How do you get that when his twin, who's arguably not as good as him, Gets paid what, like forty-five million dollars? We get him for a vet min. Yeah, I know, man. man. I know, Ridiculous. but I listen. I think they live together. Okay, yeah, so it's yeah. not like he's got his own mortgage to to <laughs> to, to keep up. Okay, right. And he lives with the guy, so I'm sure that he saw what life in Clipperland was like. <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, I, I'm, I've no. heard that they share a bank account. I, I've heard that as well. I don't know if that's tr- still true. This the story. To, one of the big stories to me of 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 this off season, at least in the Western Conference, is with the exception of Serge Ibaka, a number mm-hmm. of players picking the Lakers over the Clippers for the same or less money. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't think that, that that's nothing. I mean, I, I think that, that for all the shit that people talked about the Lakers organization and how messed up it was and all this kind of stuff, like it didn't matter. And, 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 it, and, and it's bad. And now the story is that the Clippers are the ones in tatters. And did you notice how tight lipped that was? That, that Montrezl Harrell news hit everybody upside the face. And oh, no one was expecting that. But remember like three years ago, two years ago, how like loose the whole entire Lakers organization was Ramona Shelburne, like yes, leaking yes. everything. And yeah. And now like we're able to like execute something that like I feel like if that Trez thing got out, it could have been it could have been damaging to actually making it happen, as we saw with the uh, the uh, Bogdanovich yeah um, fiasco yeah, totally well i'd also could have turned into that whole like dallas deandre jordan thing a few years ago where yeah, he, like yeah. the you know whoever like locked him in a room and mm-hmm. um yeah no i mean we we kept it on lock so the other thing that i've been thinking about again i'm talking about parallels parallelism here is mm-hmm. like i mean we literally went like six or seven this mm-hmm. off season like literally the only guy that i was hoping we would sign who we didn't Mm-hmm. was Serge Baca. But mm-hmm. we signed a bunch of other guys that I never even had on the radar at all. So yep. if anything, it, it it's like, it's like, you know how when you're taking AP classes, you can get above a 4.0, even if you get a B, like yep. one single B. Like that's how I feel like this season went, right? Yep. It was like, like the weighted GPA is over 4.0, despite the fact that one thing was, you know, was not maybe what our ideal would have been going in because stuff we didn't expect happened. Mm-hmm. But, um, Thinking about the the parallelism here, God, this makes all those off seasons of just not getting anybody worth it. I know. I know. You know, like the little dopamine hit I get every time I open Twitter and see like, oh, shit, we got who? Yeah. Oh, that person's coming back. Like, yep. oh, it makes up for the the the, the Luol Deng, Timofey Mozgov season <laughs> yeah, or the year that KD just wouldn't meet with us or <laughs> that. Or that we botched the Lamarcus meeting or whatever. And speaking of Mitch Kupchak, he maxed out Gordon Hayward, who has one all-star appearance in his entire career. Yeah. Uh, he's a generous, generous man. Them. He's a generous man. The Celtics Mitch. have lost have lost two with Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward have lost two max level play, uh, players for nothing. You Danny know, age, everybody. Listen, man, the story of the Celtics is that they historically have had an inability to bring in outside players. Like there, there, there are very few examples of the Celtics actually like trading for and then keeping a player or acquiring someone in free agency. For whatever reason, Boston just, despite all their early championships, it's just not something they've been able to, to, to manage. Uh, thankfully, we have. Um, because <laughs> we view our players like people, man. Ainge yeah. views his players like little chess pieces, and yes. like that's just missing the whole eight ball. Of course. Well, I love that this season their like city edition jersey is inspired by their championship banners because they know this is the last year that they're going to be tied for the most ha. championships. I love it. They're like, oh shit, we got to milk this for all it's worth for one last season. Because <laughs> we be coming. Yeah, man, we we are. And okay, so. Yeah. So how about this? Let's let's go through the guys, okay? Mm-hmm. And good. what I want to do is I want to talk about like the the player, mm-hmm. and then I want to also talk about like whose role you think they are going to fill from mm-hmm. last season's roster, cool. okay? And when we're talking about last season's roster, I want to talk about the the actual like championship rotation, 
good good I agree. all right okay. because i i think that like it starts to get a little messy because of bradley and stuff and yeah no hate on bradley but like bradley wasn't a part of the championship lineup so i, I i'm kind of basically saying let's exclude him from consideration in terms of uh, whose roles people will be filling is essentially what I mean by that. Real quick point on Bradley, because I don't think we'll touch on him again. I don't know what he's going to do this next season because it's arguably more dangerous to play this season without the bubble. And he opted out of the bubble because of COVID concerns. Like, I I feel like he's a huge question mark. Has he signed with somebody? The Heat. He signed with the Heat. Oh, right. He signed with the Heat. Yeah, I'm just curious to see what he's going to do just because, you know, you opt out because of COVID and then COVID's still here. And now you're playing in open arenas and traveling and stuff. Do you do you jump back in? And I, I, I don't know. I mean, also, like, I don't know if this really matters, but, it, you know, uh, I think without trying to get too political here, I think that it's it's it goes without saying that California has certainly been more strict in its preventative measures than Florida uh and so again if you're a guy who's like worried about the health of your family again picking florida over cal there's just i mean there's a lot of layers to this but yeah mm-hmm. I, I was kind of surprised me too um, it was just a little a little odd anyway that's enough yeah yeah I, I appreciate what he did in terms of setting our defensive culture and what he did in the regular season but yeah that's all I mean, to him i was kind of i mean i was kind of bummed to be honest like i was hoping he could come back and then mm-hmm. kind of have his like you know, we win the second championship with him on the team and he's like, okay, see, I, I, you know, I would have been a contributing part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it would have been, uh, but anyways, yeah. So best of luck to him. Um, okay. So l- let's try to go kind of in chronological order of when these kind of happened yeah, and came out and look, the looming thing over all of this is that Anthony Davis hasn't signed yet. He is going to, that's not a question. Mm-hmm. This is just a clutch thing. They, they, this is like kind of a thing that they use for leverage and, and I think honestly, just to like give their players a little bit of agency. They just they let them take their time signing. Like they yeah, they did yeah, this with Braun in Cleveland. Like it's uh, it's nothing to worry about. And then so, they can get their other guys paid too, like KCP. So exactly, exactly. And it was Tristan Thompson back in the day with the Braun. Exactly. So um, the first one is is Schroeder. Is Dennis Schroeder? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just be honest that he's not been my favorite player historically. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, part of that is because there's been a couple notable games where he's just kind of scorched the Lakers, which is yeah. frustrating. And I felt like that Houston guy was like, Alex Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <totally>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I guess for starters, what's your read on him and whose role do you think he he fills this season? Ron, he fills Rondo's role um, without a doubt, in my opinion, but in a different way than Rondo typically does. Like, yes, he can he can feed guys and he is a point guard, but. I think that you know how Rondo had so many open driving lanes. Yes. When he was, you know, especially when he was closing in fourth quarter games and when he was attacking those driving lanes, Rondo, you know, he was putting up 15 points a game. He was like, well, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. 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 You know, Schroeder is the faster, better ball handler version of Rondo, not as strong physically, but more athletically there. He's what, 27 and, um, and I think I think he's a better shooter than Rondo. He's not a great shooter, but I think he's a better shooter. So he's got all those little shifty guard skills that the Lakers just. <laughs> when was the last time we had the '90s? <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think I think I saw like Laker film room say it was like Nick Van Exel was the last time we had a point guard like this. Yeah, and I mean like you could you could say like obviously out of position players have played point guard. Kobe played point guard sometimes. LeBron obviously played point guard for sure. 
And you could you could even say like Lou Williams kind of played point guard on our second unit for there for a while. But we're talking, you know, just like a small dude that is going to, you know, dribble it between your legs kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I am. I was excited about it, but now I'm thrilled about it because of Harold's signing. Um, but let's get into that when we get to Harold. What do you yeah. think? Do you feel like Schroeder is an adequate replacement for Obviously, it's different. You know, we're losing some of the IQ of Rondo and stuff like that. But I do think that Schroeder is going to play, play better in the regular season and care more about little games and, you know, do some of the dirty work that Rondo wouldn't care to do until the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, well, that I mean, that's the thing is like um, the story, you know, I think what a lot of what a lot of media folks were saying last year was like, man, three through 10 on the Lakers team is like really not great. And mm-hmm. someone's going to have to step up. And I and I think that holistically this offseason, we fixed that. It, it's no longer this like who's going to step up. And it's more of like, oh, no, they have a solid base of a team. And they also have these two other worldly talents. I mean, he's he was uh, the runner up for six man of the year. Yeah. And so so I think like, you know, a lot of the reason that I think people have this glow around Rondo is because he had this amazing postseason for us. Yeah. But like, let's not forget that, like, we despised the guy for two full seasons. Mm -hmm. And the reason that it was such a, a surprise to us because was because of like how poorly he had played. For the for those two seasons, you know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah. And we weren't wrong. I mean, they, he was bad. He was like legit, like one of the worst players on the team and one of the worst players in the NBA, considering the amount of minutes that he was getting. Yes. Um, his his real skill, I think we sh- we saw was playing a team over and over and over again and caring about every possession. Um, but at the same time, I don't know how much more juice in that squeeze there is, so to speak, like. Like. You know, sometimes players I, like I think of like Antoine Jameson or some, you know, some of these players that like were really, really good. And then they get deep into the playoffs late in their career and they like bring it back for a game or two. Um, that that happens, but it's not necessarily something that you want to count on. And if it doesn't happen, you lose the championship. Well, and we what I'm driving at. Yeah. And we definitely don't want to have to count on it for like three or four different guys yeah you know? well, exactly but like i i do i do think that if we didn't have rondo playing to the level that he did this past off season like even a couple steps back it would have been a lot harder for us to win it all um and i, I oh totally yeah, totally totally i feel like schroeder barring injury or whatever is um like is much more of a lock in terms of a guy that's going to put pressure on the rim that's going to you know, be able to operate in a pick and roll and allow, you know, AD and LeBron to play off ball. I mean, yeah. Like, well, and also I, I like you to your point, he is a good enough shooter that guys can't just sink off of him. And no, he's, it was, he's a it good was, open shooter. Yeah, he's it was great like that Rondo was hitting those shots in the finals that we didn't mm-hmm. expect him to. But it was also mm-hmm. annoying that guys were also always hanging off of him, clogging the lane. So, yeah, I think that'll help. The other thing here is that you know, Rondo again had a bit of a defensive resurgence in the in the playoffs and in the finals, mm-hmm. um, but for years has not been a good defender. Mm-hmm. Um, and Schroeder, while again generally has has not been an amazing defender, last season was actually like a more than serviceable defender on the on the Thunder. And I think what we've seen with with Vogel and with AD backing you up, and now with a guy like Marcus Saul backing you up too. <laughs> I know, I know. 
like all these guys, and this is the same thing for Harold. And I think we should go on to him because we're, we're touching mm-hmm. on him a lot here. Yep. They're going to be in like great defensive situations that are going to help them totally. shine and help like not expose their weaknesses as much. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm with you. I, he, I think he fills the Rondo spot. Mm-hmm. Um, one more point, one more point yep. real quick. Do you remember we saw that Alex Caruso um, AD pick and roll working pretty well where AD kept getting those like mid range jumpers out of it? Yes. Yes. I, I think that Schroeder is going to open up uh, AD and Gasol, actually, for pick-and-pop situations yes. in a way that none of our other guards could have because, like, KCP can't really drive it to the rim. No. Uh, you know, Danny Green had no ball handling, handling <laughs> skills. Caruso is good at ball handling, but he's not, like, you don't think of Caruso as, like, lightning-quick, you know, Kyrie Irving type. No. Um, no. And, but he, he had enough pressure on the rim, like, oh, he might drive that AD was getting open looks from pick and pop. Rondo was always so pass first that sometimes, you know, they didn't even care about guarding his driving lanes. Um, so I, I feel like Schroeder is going to take a lot of attention. Like, oh, we got to we got to get the center back into the key to contest his shot because he can do some acrobatic stuff in the key. Yes. yes. Um, so I think that that'll allow AD to hit from that mid range. And if AD's hitting from the mid range like he was in the playoffs and like in a regular season, I feel like, you know, he's not going to want to fight as much inside i don't think i feel like 80 is going to settle for long range jumpers a lot in the regular season but if they're wide open delivered by schroeder and he's hitting like a clip that he was in the playoffs i think 80 is the mvp so without even having to try it is full strength so i i'm yeah i'm thrilled let's talk about harold let's talk about harold yeah so uh i guess you know same thing like whose role do you see him filling uh what are you excited about for him any you know, concerns or other thoughts. Totally. I actually think that he's, he's kind of filling Dwight's role, but it's, it's more like he's, he's adding something that we didn't really have where it's going to be a hyper athletic, quick twitch guy that um, is big enough and can body enough to close out on um, shooters and, and also on the offensive end, be able to, again, put a lot of pressure on the rim in a way that Dwight couldn't. You know, Dwight was a good lob threat, but Harrell is a lot more athletic than where Dwight is at his career, in my opinion. And um, I think he's he's just going to add another layer of attack that, man, those second, those second units, especially if they're having to deal with AD a bit, Harrell a bit, I mean, that's LeBron, <laughs> like... That, that's a lot of bodies that are just going to grind you down, especially in the seven-game series. And I think we're going to see so many dunks, face-up dunks. It's going to be not just lobs, just like, I'm stronger than you. And Harrell, I think, adds to one of those core identity things that the Lakers had. Um, and that's what I'm really excited about. It's like compounding a strength. Um, we lose some of the shot blocking that Dwight gave us. Um, and obviously, I wanted to keep Dwight. But... Um, I'm excited to get another 18 point game, you know, reigning six man of the year, a pick and roll threat. It's it's like, how can you how can you not love it? I, I I'm so excited to see him play. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, for for me, it's like. I think you said it exactly right. He brings something different. I think it'll be Dwight's, you know, quote unquote role in terms of more minutes than, and, and rotation mm-hmm. than, than an actual role, but that he fills. Um, but I, I think that like really what it comes down to for me is that we just had no reliable bench offense 
Yeah. Right. Like, like, right. Right. like without LeBron, even in the AD lineups in the regular mm-hmm. season last year, like we were not great. No. And I think that that's like the, the thing for me is that now, like, I know what our bench offense is going to be. It is going to be a high pick and roll with Dennis Schroeder and yep. Montrez Harrell. Yeah. And, 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 and that'll be- work. <laughs> it's better. We, cause we saw it with Lou Williams and with Montrez Harrell. And obviously that worked really well, but I think Schroeder is a better defender than Lou Williams. And I think that this is, it's going to be different than like the Clippers where they had like one offense that they ran for the second unit and one offense they ran for the starters and they didn't intermix very much. Like, the opportunities to pull LeBron into that and have him play off ball and stretch yes. the floor. I mean, yes. there's just all of these intricate. And then you have a guy like Wes too, that it, it's who can space and is big. Um, and, and like is going to get in your chest and wear you down a little bit. I mean, the, the combinations I think are far more complex, just like we saw in the last year with the Lakers where they were mixing and matching lineups, going small, going big. Um, I think that this gives us just yet another angle of a shape-shifting team that can now be like lightning quick. Like, yeah. like imagine, imagine just slotting those two guys in, uh, Schroeder and Harrell, into our closing lineup. So you like Schroeder, LeBron, AD, Caruso, Harrell. Like that isn't the best spacing-wise, but in terms of a fast break, good luck. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And if and if our shot's not falling that night, we just need to like crash and try to yeah. like force baskets like manufacture offense mm-hmm. it's not a problem for those guys and the, the, like the rebounding too i mean yes i think it'll really help that because i think he's a higher energy player i mean the thing that goes with that saying for both he and he and Schroeder is that like mm-hmm. our team just got way younger yeah that's you know point. and i think that's important with this shortened off season mm-hmm. uh and i think mm-hmm. the kind of frenetic pace that this season is going to take and probably lebron resting a lot to start this yeah. season you know totally. Um, and those hit ahead passes too. You know, you oh, go yeah. run up the court. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll pass sure. it, you know, quarterback style. No and deal. you know, I think the the other thing to me is um you know like Mont who was who was Montrez like defending against on the back line? Like who was he with? It yeah, beats the Zubots. Right, right. That's a good point. You or know alone. what I mean? Or he's alone. Or alone. And and so for the regular season, he was their kind of finishing center uh, yeah. and had good defensive energy. And unfortunately, in playoff series, he got exposed as a well, player. Because you're who, playing Jokic, man. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. I don't, yeah. But my point is, like, he got exposed as a he can't do it by himself guy. Right? Yeah. Right. And it turns out he also yeah. can't do it with Zubots because Zubots is no great defender. But again, slow. the thing here is, like, he's going to have freaking all like all d like 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 uh like uh i'm forgetting the name of the award now the defensive player of the year he's gonna have like multiple defensive players of the year with him backing him up helping him right so he's not gonna be out on an island he's gonna have a very clear role he's Mm -hmm. gonna be told like montrez you do this this Mm -hmm. is what you need to do and then you just have to trust that ad or gasol or or keith yeah. Are going to have yeah. your back. Are going to have so, your back. And the they, fact and they, that we got Keefe too. Oh my God. Well, because now, I mean, the other thing now is with Keefe is like, now we can actually run like a, a, a small ball lineup without AD, which is kind of yeah. wild. Yeah, it's true. And the two of them, I think actually pair pretty nicely because like Keefe can spread the floor and, and Trez can't really. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, man, I, I, I'm super excited about this. Um, all right. So let's, move on to the next one i think honestly this one's probably gonna be pretty quick because Mm -hmm. 
I think that he will be a really impactful player, but I think he's the least splashy of all of the the kind of moves. Um, and that's Wes Matthews. Yeah, yeah. So again, I, who whose role do you see him filling? What do you what do you see for him? Well, he, I think that he's replacing Danny Green, but I don't think he's going to get as many minutes as Danny Green did, um, especially considering these other names that we have on the list now. Yeah. Uh, Dan, then again, Danny Green wasn't closing most of the games. Um, I could see Wes getting some looks because he's spacing the floor. I, like much love to all the guys that are going out. Danny Green missing that shot, man, sealed his plane ticket. In my opinion, I know, I know, I I know, I I agree. I mean, it 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 sucks because it's like it doesn't matter that he had the best rating of any player in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know there it, are those kind of indelible moments that that yeah stick. And the reason why we traded for Schroeder is because he hits clutch shots and we've seen him. And obviously I'm not trying to throw hate on Danny Green really here at just trying to be realistic of like, obviously Danny has hit clutch shots. Obviously he's a great shooter, but to be able to trade a guy that is like kind of clearly on the decline for somebody that's on the up and cut money and have somebody that's a more reliable, uh, you know, ball handler, which is one of the biggest needs that we have. I mean, I do that any day. And so even if Wes is like a 15 minutes a game guy, which is kind of what I think, maybe 15, 20, um, I still think, you know, he's he's a big, bigger dude. I think he's like 240. Um, I might be wrong on that. But like, uh, he'll spread the floor. He plays pretty good defense. Um, he gives us another wing defender. But now that we have Keefe too, that's another wing defender. Yeah. Harold can, can guard on the wing. Um, especially like if you had a big center behind him, yeah, we lose a little bit of spacing, but if that center is Anthony Davis or Marcus Gasol, who can hit from three yeah. now, you know, losing the spacing at the four, isn't too bad. And then you also have LeBron. So like LeBron's one of the best wing defenders in the NBA when he wants to, when be. he wants to be. Yeah, totally. So, so my thing, my thing here with Wes Matthews is to your point, you know, I think it's not fair to say that he is a, cl- a carbon copy of Danny Green. They're they're no. different. They're different people, obviously. But we get a very similar skill set in terms of what they do for like a fifth of the price. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then look look what we did with the rest of that money. Yeah. You know? ex- exactly. And so if you ask me, like, would I rather have Danny Green for fifteen million or KCP and Wes Matthews for fifteen million? Yeah. Well, of course, I would take KCP and Wes Matthews for fifteen million. Right. And um. The other thing here with with Wes is, uh, I, I guess, a couple things. For one, let's not forget that, like, were it not for kind of a, a, a rough stretch of injuries, mm-hmm. this dude was was like a max level player not that long ago. Yep. yep. And obviously, like, injuries happen and they're real, right? And, and it's not to say that he can just suddenly be be the same guy he was. But, like... He's not he he's not like just some like scrub journeyman who's hanging no. around ring ch- like this right. was a, this was a legit guy who played an important role on a Bucks team last year that was extremely good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean they lost like five games. Yeah, so <laughs> exaggeration, but you know what I mean. So I think at this point, wh- where he is with his career and where Danny Green is with his career, mm-hmm. I think that Matthews at this point is the better defender. And at this point is the more consistent shooter. And, and so I'll take it. And like Danny Green has been to the finals the last two years. Like dude's got to be tired. To- totally. So totally. like, and in terms of motivation too, like I really love getting new guys. Just like remember when we got, uh, um, uh, Meta 
world peace yep. than than run our test shakes it and up we a little were, bit and we were bummed to lose trevor reason obviously trevor reason he's still in the league and he's still playing so that was that was tough but you know having that shot in the arm can really help and you know meta was gunning for his first championship that's the thing is you need you, yeah you need a you need some new guys with that hunger who still yeah. have it who aren't like a little complacent because they won it last year and and mm-hmm. we definitely have that um okay so i think I think the next guy we've talked about Trude, we've talked about Harold, we've talked about Matthews. Uh, I want to save the guys who resigned for for last. Um, I think the other one then is Mark Saul, right? Yep, he's the last like new new signing. So this one, I mean, this one, you know, I think was kind of down to the wire between the Clippers and Toronto and the Lakers, and ultimately we got him. I have to think that Powell had some uh, some yeah. role in that. Um, even if even if it was just like subconsciously, you know, understanding what what his brother's experience was like. Um, so, again, I think whose role do you see him filling? I, I think this one's fairly obvious. But what do you like about him? What do you I'm think he brings to the team? Ball. I'm going to take a curveball. I actually okay. see his his mind filling the gap that we lost with Rondo. Ah, OK. OK. A little mind body um, split. Yeah, exactly. And then in terms of, you know, his playing Dwight Howard, um, JaVale McGee, but obviously he's a very different player than both of those guys. We're losing some verticality, um, which I'm a little bit worried about, but at the same time, our two stars are two of the best shot blockers in the league. So it's like, if you're going to give on one of these fronts, you know, losing Howard and JaVale, it's going to, you're going to get less block shots. But I do think that Gasol is such a great plus minus guy. He understands where to be on the court. He's going to be able to help teach our guys in film room sessions and things like that. He's been there before. Um, he's a great defensive mind, defensive play, former defensive player of the year. Obviously, he's lost a step. I don't want to play him too, too much, uh, just to save him for the playoffs as much as possible. But, um, yeah, I I think he's going to be a great situational guy, great guy to pull up from three, space the floor a little bit, and be another line of you know just a big body that's going to be in the right place at the right time. So yeah, I mean the the, the thing to me for him, I mean I I. I see him. I, I like your thought about he's going to kind of replace the IQ of of Rondo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to fill JaVale's minutes mostly, and then I yeah. think he'll start the game at center. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a two shift guy. And yes, exactly. Yeah. He'll probably come in to start the third, and then like maybe be in the closing lineup if if it's a matchup yeah. reason, but but right. probably not most of the time. the mm-hmm. the The thing to me with him is, uh, he's he's never going to like make a bad decision right he's one mm-hmm. of those guys which you need a lot of those guys when you're trying to, to win a championship yep especially when you're trying to repeat yes i think that i i actually love this signing because of what i think it could mean for davis both on mm-hmm. and off the court so mm-hmm. yeah it's a good point okay on the court javel was never a natural fit for anthony davis in terms of like being a front court mate yeah. because javel can't spread the floor at all and he's not a good passer and he doesn't make great decisions. And and aside from his verticality, his defense is pretty limited, and he just made up for it with athleticism because he'd get beat a lot and then just be able to chase the guy, and he had long arms. Mm-hmm. Marcus Gasol is going to be a much, much, much better complement to Davis in that he can spread the floor. Mm-hmm. Man, the way he operates from the high post and the top yep. of the key yep. is, I mean, it's like his brother. We haven't seen it since, since, know. since you know, Powell and Lamar. Um, yep. He's one of the best passers that I think LeBron has ever played with. I yes, yes, and that was going to be my my third point is that I is that I think like he his passing is going to be 
amazing for this team, especially when when LeBron's not on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. Because, man, I can just imagine, like, Schroeder, like, running off a pin down, mm-hmm. getting it to Gasol at the top of the key, and then him hitting Trez, who rolled after the pin down. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, like, you know, just beauty, like, in motion, art in motion. And, and I think... Um, but, but to my point about AD on the court stuff, I think he's a much more natural fit with Anthony Davis. He's going to help space the floor. Cause JaVale was always in the way JaVale's defenders were always in the lane, which I think hurt Davis. But Davis is still a really young guy mm. and there's still like a lot of development for him as well, which is crazy considering how good he already is. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, it, Dwight was a former defensive player of the year, but I, I think it would be fair to say that I think Dwight relied more on his natural kind of physical abilities and instincts, um, which have really like served him well and that he's still incredibly athletic. I think that Gasol uh, has had to like kind of revert to like, okay, my body is kind of like abandoning me a little bit. I just have to be really smart. It's kind of like Tim Duncan, right? There was a point in Tim Duncan's career where like physically he couldn't do what he used to be able to do, but he was just so smart. That, yeah. that it didn't matter because he could he could diagnose things better than you. He could, mm-hmm. you know, respond quicker because he could diagnose them faster. So I think that what I'm hoping is that Marcus all can sort of give Anthony Davis some of that knowledge, right? Can can mm-hmm. kind of start to teach him like, hey, here's how I read offenses, right? Like mm-hmm. here's here's how I operate. And also we want to see Anthony Davis grow as a passer. What better person to teach him? Great point. So I love this both from how I think they'll fit on the court together, but also what I think Davis could pick up from a guy like Gasol. It's, it's, I think yep. pretty remarkable. And man, I mean, yeah, his passing is wild. Like, yep. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's, it's a great point too. Cause if we're trying to go toe to toe with someone like Jokic, you know, Gasol can guard him down low, um, in a way that is a little bit more difficult for AD. Um, you know, he's one of the only players that I think AD struggles with a little bit more than others. And uh, yeah, and Gasol will be able to neutralize him a bit on the passing side too. So um, yeah, I think it's a great pickup. Um, I love that we grabbed KCP again. Obviously, we still have Caruso. Um, and just look at this this you know like last five lineup, which is the most important lineup if we're trying to win another championship. Schroeder, LeBron, AD. That's probably our three best guys offensively. Um, you know, Schroeder. I think he's probably our number three guy. Do you, do you agree? KCP now. I I, listen. I have to give it to KCP until I'm proven otherwise. There you go. I like that. I like that. So you know, let's say Schroeder, LeBron, AD, KCP, and then Caruso or Harrell or Morris or Gasol. Like, man, that's a. Depending on the situation, you have a lot of different ways to go. Um, Oh, and just just imagine all our cutters, man, with Gasol out there and stuff. Like exactly, and like like Kuz Kuz is actually potentially gonna really benefit from Gasol. I think he will a lot. You know, he cuts off the ball so well if Gasol's going to hit him and, you know, he'll be be from the high post. It'll be a better passing angle too. Um, Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And check this out, dude. Right. You know, we'll probably dig into more of the guys that we retained in the next episode just because there's so much to talk about. (laughs) Um, But we have 12 roster spots filled now. We are four and a half million below our hard cap. So that means we've got two more veteran minimum contracts coming. Two more to come, man. I know. I know. It's crazy. There's so Clippers, much so, so much, much more good to come. come. Uh, I looked it up. Clippers paid uh, Marcus Morris $64 million guaranteed for four years. God, Lakers wild. got key for the vet men. 
That's I mean that's the difference between a championship team and coming short. I know. Coming up short. It's true. It's great. All right, I want to thank all of our followers. Thanks for tuning in. I want to invite you to subscribe to our pod on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. Check us out on social media at LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com. And we'll get into a little bit more what, what this team can look like um, now that we kind of got just the first impressions, general reactions out of the way. Um, let's let's look at some lineups and stuff like that because that'll be this is just such a fun team in terms of how it all can be constructed. I, I, I can't wait to see him actually on the court. Me too, man. Uh, Rob Palenka, Exec of the Year. Lock it up right now. Lock it up, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right, see you, man. We got two six men of the year. It's ridiculous. Oh, I know. I know. It's wild. (laughs) Awesome, man. See you, buddy. Good good chat. Go Lakers. Bye. Bye.